social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Hi, Jen. Hi, Michelle. How's it going? It's good to hear your voice. Ditto. I'm under a blanket right now because I hear that helps with audio, and it's very warm. <laughs> no comment. But on that note, I guess we can just move right into everything we want to talk about. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Where are we starting? Let's start with the Hype House reality series coming to Netflix. Yes. If you are unfamiliar with the Hype House, it is a house in L.A. that is full of famous TikTokers who all live and work under one roof making a bunch of content. I was just saying to you the other day, Jen, I wish I could just wake up and understand like all the different relationships and dynamics between all of the TikTokers because it's so interesting and I just get in a hole and spend way too much time trying to figure out who's dating who <laughs> and who is who in general. So I'm looking forward to the series. This reminds me of a modern day version of the real world. Yes, totally. Okay, next let's talk about the new Spotify integration with Facebook. Basically what it is is a new feature on Facebook where there's a mini player experience and you can connect your Spotify and, and really share what you've been listening to, be it a podcast, a playlist, or a new song. I think it's good because Instagram, obviously, you can link to songs in your stories, but there isn't really a way to share music on Facebook right now. And, you know, I don't use Facebook that often, but I feel like before people would just link to YouTube videos or, you know, I guess link out to Spotify. So it, it's cool. It kind of feels like MySpace where the music can just be played directly in the app. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. It's going to be really interesting because I also like that you can leave the app and still continue to listen through the player experience within the app itself. So even if you lock your phone or exit the app, you'll still be able to continue to listen, which I think is oh, a great. nice touch. Yeah. Will you make me a playlist and, and share it on my Facebook wall? <laughs> wow. I, I was just immediately transported back to high school. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being transported back, this okay. is a really roundabout way of me wanting to talk about chuggy and things that are chuggy. Yes. Okay. Chuggy spelled C-H-E-U-G-Y is this new term that has been coined on TikTok, and it's kind of like a combination of basic and cringy. Exactly right. Okay, apparently some examples of chuggy are like chevron prints, Ugg boots, pumpkin spice lattes. Girl boss energy. Um, you know, kind of like the live, laugh, love signs. Barstool sports, apparently. Sneaker, oh, really? Yes, yeah, sneaker culture. Minions, which I found interesting. <laughs> Minions? Shout out to Jessica Chen, who has a minion as her Slack profile photo. And unfortunately, apparently Instagram is chuggy. What? I That's swear. Crazy. I guess we all really just have a little bit of chug in us. Wow, I really want to stop saying the word chuggy, chugginess, chug, anything related. Can we please just talk about who we're interviewing today? Yes, it's much more fun. So today we are interviewing Kim Pham, who is the co-founder of Omsom, which is a food brand bringing proud, loud Asian flavors into American homes. Michelle and I have been big fans of the Omsom Instagram page ever since their launch last year. We constantly use them as design inspiration for a lot of our clients here at Likeable. So much so, we actually invited a special guest on the podcast to interview Kim alongside us this week. It's a really good episode, so let's get into it. 
Hi, Kim. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. We are so happy to have you joining the All the Social Lady gang. I'm stoked to dig into this. Love it. Okay, so we start every episode with the social media speed round, and we're going to ask you a couple rapid fire questions. Just answer as fast as you can, okay? Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah. Okay, what's your favorite social network? Ooh, TikTok right now. Yeah. Do you pronounce it GIF or JIF? JIF. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Oh my gosh. I've been getting a lot of the Tend, I think is the name of the company. I keep, I feel like they follow me everywhere. <laughs> we have them on the show. <laughs> oh, red. You can listen to the episode and find out why you're being targeted with the ads. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. What is your go-to emoji? The smiley devil. Nice. Nice. Who is your favorite celebrity to follow on social? Oh my gosh. I don't actually really follow any celebrities. Like maybe chefs, Padma Lakshmi. Oh yeah. She's huh. amazing. Stories or feed? Stories. Okay. And last one. What was your first screen name? Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> okay. It was Asian Cherry Blossom, but it was spelled A-Z-N because nice. I'm super cool. <laughs> of course. Of course. I know we have a lot to talk about, but we want to hear first our listeners who may not know, tell us what Omsum is and how you led to the founding of it. So Omsum is run by myself, Kim, <laughs> and my sister, Vanessa. We are both first-generation Vietnamese Americans and daughters of refugees, and we actually grew up just south of Boston in a town that was actually 98% white. And growing up, we never kind of really felt seen by this quote unquote ethnic aisle in mainstream grocery stores. It's like this super kind of old school, really diluted and, and frankly whitewashed aisle. It's like a hodgepodge of ingredients and products across BIPOC cuisines. It just feels really like neglected. And we're just like, yo, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like one, for kids like us, but also two, it just doesn't at all represent like the changing DNA. DNA of this country. And we were just like, what if we tried to kind of reimagine this category for ourselves and for our community, in particular, the Asian American one? Yeah, it was really kind of that North Star for us that made us like, quit our jobs and start Omsam is that we really wanted to build a brand that reclaimed and celebrated the multitudes within Asian flavors, but also Asian stories. Yeah, we, we quit our jobs, launched in May of last year. So smack dab in the middle of the panorama. That's insane. And Absolutely yes, insane. insane such a wild ride. We're really, really thankful. Basically what we do, we partner with iconic Asian chefs to craft what we call starters, which are basically like these little, think like a little M&M packet, but with all the aromatic spices, seasonings, and oils that you need for a specific Asian dish. So all you do is really like rip, pour, and fire it up with your fave protein and veggies, and you have a kick-ass Asian dish in under 30 minutes. Yeah, that's a TLDR. <laughs> I love it. I was stalking you on Twitter. And one of my favorite things that I had seen right around the time that you had launched, I think it was May 13th. So the day you did launch was your little ode to what's the teacher's name? Miss Mrs. Hall. <laughs> and I honestly, I just I need to know about, you know, how it felt at launch to be launching this brand and knowing Mrs. Hall was kind of there. Yeah. Had originally been like shit talking. Yeah. <laughs> and how did it feel to kind of bring this brand to life? Yeah. So for context if you haven't seen the tweet storm <laughs> for people who haven't stalked on twitter yeah <laughs> when i was i think fifth grade i had a teacher named mrs hall no tea no shade to her hope she's doing well you know when you're that age i was the only like asian kid in my class for a very long time and so i think i was trying to always like seek identity and seek like meaning for myself and so i found that outlet and like kind of being a little weirdo and being a little bit creative and so what i did when i was in fifth grade is i was like i'm gonna dot all of my eyes with the heart and i remember 
remember one day she pulled me aside and she was like, you need to stop dotting your eyes with hearts. No one's going to take you seriously when you go to middle school. And I just remember being like devastated. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, she knows best, right? Like teachers know best. Fast forward, then we're about to launch Omsom. And I realized that on our kind of core product, the sampler, on the back, there's my signature. And as part of me kind of reclaiming my voice and reclaiming my identity and kind of frankly, putting a middle finger up to this idea of like Asian women should look, sound, be any particular way. My signature has not one, not two, but three hearts printed on the back of the sampler, Hell which yes. is now in thousands of homes around the US. It just felt like a really, like it kind of felt good. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm sure, I love that. In the midst of all the craziness of the year too, I feel like that's kind of like a silver lining for you too. It's just kind of like the big middle finger, like the feeling really confident and knowing the brand and owning the brand and just feeling good about this launch and moving forward to do amazing. Yeah, cool I kind of feel like that middle finger energy is very much my vibe as like an individual, like external mom song even. <laughs> it's Jen's too. <laughs> <laughs> love that, love that, yes. So we've talked to best friend founders on the show and Jen and I are also best friends. We spent way too much time <laughs> together. We've never talked to a pair of sisters. So what's that dynamic been like between you and Vanessa starting the, the business? It's really, really interesting. So Vanessa and I are only 22 months apart. I'm older. And I think growing up, you know, like in the hashtag patriarchy, people really kind of like pitted us against one another. So I think there was like a lot of mm. competition. We wanted to be different from each other. I think it wasn't until her and I went off to college and we realized like, oh man, like this is my sister, but she's like a fully formed individual, right? With like opinions and perspectives. <laughs> and so we became really, really, really close by the time we both graduated university. And then for me, like Vanessa was always going to be my co-founder, even though she didn't know it. I was like, she's my dream co-founder. She's my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> she is the smartest person that I know. She knows me inside and out. I trust her like to the ends of this earth. And so for me, it was always just trying to like get her excited about starting a business with me. <laughs> um, we're, we're really, really different as individuals. She's definitely the more kind of like risk averse. She kind of self-identifies as like the stereotypical child of immigrants. She went to Harvard and then was a management consultant at Bain, just like super, super fucking mm. smart. And then I'm definitely like the weirdo creative kid. <laughs> um, and so in that sense, I think we really complement one another. It's, it's really clear kind of who owns what in the business. And I think that's a huge, huge part of why it kind of works. And honestly, just at the end of the day, we love each other. There's so much trust. And so I never, ever have to question her intent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. I just know that she's like, I got my back. And even if we disagree on things, it's not coming from a place of ego, but really just trying to work towards the same goal together. So it's gone a lot right. better. But in the beginning, yeah, my gosh, lots of trauma, <laughs> lots of ego, lots of unresolved <laughs> patterns um, that her and I had to kind of work through. But thankfully, we're in a great place now. Well, and it's a new experience for both of you, too. So I'm sure that came with its own set of challenges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you glossed over it a bit, you know, but what were you doing before you quit your job and started Omsum? <laughs> What's your background like? So I've long been an internet weirdo. That's kind of how I self-describe. Love that. But basically <laughs> I fell into startups at a really young age, actually around 16. And so spent the most of my career up until Omsum really focused on startups. So I was interning for startups, working for startups, and then actually joined a venture fund based in Dublin. In Ireland, of all places. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
back, lived in Dublin for a couple of years, then London, and then was a digital nomad freelancing for startups and venture funds for another year and a half. But pretty much I was always circling around this idea of like, I really, really want to start my own thing. Um, and how can I kind of de-risk it and learn from really kick-ass founders? And so my goal was always, always to start a business. I really enjoy kind of starting things up, like taking things from zero to one as opposed to one to 100. Mm -hmm. And it just really, for me, was a matter of time and a matter of me finding the thing that I could throw my weight behind. So yeah, Omsom is literally that. It's the company of my dreams. We I love the zero to one. Yeah. First one to 100. I'm going to start using that mentality. <laughs> we also don't hear that perspective a lot. It's very interesting. Like it's, oh, I just, I fell into this. I just found this. But it's so nice to hear sometimes the desire of you to create your own thing, whatever it was going to be. You just had this, you know, fire inside of you to do it. It's so nice to hear because I identify with that as well. And yeah. I think so does Michelle. Yeah, I think it's, again, this middle finger energy of like, I was never going to work within a system, but I always kind of knew that like, I kind of want to do my own thing. And it just kind of felt like I needed to take that into my own hands. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So as a creative person myself, um, I was first drawn to the brand from the Instagram page, the bright colors, the beautiful iconography and typography. And I'm not alone in that. One of our designers, motion graphics artists and creative rock stars, Sammy, is also obsessed with the brand. And we thought it would be fun to bring her on to the podcast to talk to you more about it herself Yay. as well. So Sammy, welcome, say Sammy. hi. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, Sammy. And thank you for joining the all the social lady gang, too. I love it. <laughs> I was like, excited to be here. As Michelle said, I'm a huge fan of Umslam. I actually made some tofu sisig last night. Amazing! So, yeah, it, it was delicious. Wow, look at you doing prep for the show. I know. So I'm obsessed with the product, but also with the branding as a designer and as an Asian American myself. You know, I love how purposeful the branding is, how you're sort of subverting stereotypes, but also reflecting like the boldness of flavors. Like I love that everything like looks great, but it's also like has a purpose. So um, I'd love to hear more about how you came up with the name, first of all, Amsam, and how the aesthetic evolved from there. It really all stems from the name. So Amsam is not a word. It originates from the Vietnamese phrase Omsam, which like roughly translates to like rowdy or rambunctious and it's actually kind of a negative term like my parents used to chastise Vanessa and I for like bopping around in the back of the car, just like screaming at the top of our lungs. They'd be like, oh my gosh, like, don't be so awesome. And we loved this idea. And we actually used to be named another name. Oh. And then we renamed right before launch because we were like, we need something that feels like core to our hearts and to our souls. Yeah. And we just love this idea of reclaiming like once negative, rowdy, rambunctious energy and kind of using it proudly because on a couple levels, like one is individuals, you know, I think Vanessa and I, are really kind of outspoken and opinionated about issues that are important to us and the world that we want to see. It resonates with us as founders. But also, you know, we were looking at Asian Americana and the flattening and erasure that happens to our communities. People saying that Asian Americans are quiet or submissive or model minority. And we explicitly wanted to be like, fuck you. That's like CS for all of us. We just wanted to build something really to kind of show the world proudly and loudly, truly who we are and, and what we stand for. So I think a piece of that is through our visual identity and happy to like kind of talk the details on that. I'd love to hear more about the visual piece of it in general. I think for people who are unfamiliar with the Instagram feed, it is so visually stunning and very different than what we see through a lot of food brands, I think. In the bold colors, the brightness, just the energy that you get when you're scrolling through the page. How did you really visualize it for yourself before bringing it to life throughout the social channels? 
So I'll say first on the visual identity piece, we kind of explicitly wanted to move away from a lot of the design tropes that have long plagued kind of quote unquote Asian products. So like, you know, the bamboo, the panda bears, like the dragons, the pagodas, you know, all beautiful and important pieces of, you know, East Asian culture, but kind of not at all what we wanted to touch. And we also wanted to stay away from the kind of orientalist view even on Asian design of kind of centering on a Western perspective and making Asian products and Asian communities feel like mysterious or exotic. Like we didn't want any of that. And so once we knew what we didn't want to be, I think it became really clear that like when I say middle finger energy, I really mean it. We were deeply, deeply inspired by fire. So that's really kind of like the core kind of to the brand. So like if you notice our sampler, which is our kind of core product is a matchbox that you kind of pull out. Our logo looks like Mm -hmm. it's melting, kind of that like Omsom energy because we just love this idea of like, again, proud and loud, unapologetic, almost can't be contained, like fiery energy. And so, yeah, kind of pull that thread through. And then kind of the things like color, we really wanted to give a nod to Southeast Asian fruits and vegetables. And so like we have like a ginger, we have tofu, that kind of Mm -hmm. light beige, banana flower is one of my favorite, favorite kind of like Vietnamese veggies that I shred into bun bao hui. And it's that deep purple, like everything is intentional. Almost like (laughs) a normal. I was going to say, I'm obsessed that you have the colors named after the vegetables. And the matchbox. Yeah. The intent, the detail, we love. That. Yeah, it's nerdy. And honestly, I'm like, do people even fucking notice? But for me, it's just like, I couldn't yeah. do it any other way. And so we are super lucky. We have a really amazing designer in house um, who's really mm-hmm. kind of helped us bring a lot of this to life. So kind of see our work. Beyond, <laughs> you know, the visuals itself, I think another thing that drew me to the brand on social was the content in general. It's not just about the product. Tell us about some of the stories that you're telling through social media and what your goals are beyond awareness of the products themselves. I think one of our core kind of like founding tenants of the brand is that we are first and foremost a culture brand before mm-hmm. we are a product brand. And I deeply mean that. I literally, and I'm not trying, maybe it sounds like marketing bullshit, but I'm really not trying to out here be like, oh yeah, like let me kind of pimp Asian stories as a way to sell product. Right. Like it's literally an extension of me and Vanessa's, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't like to use the word activism, but just like, you know, our kind of what we mm-hmm. want to see in the world. And so I frankly, <laughs> maybe Vanessa doesn't want to hear this, I use Omsom a little bit kind of like my little soapbox in in many ways. The things that we talk about pertain largely to Asian identity, Asian culture, Asian food. And it's really not about selling product. I think we probably actually explicitly mentioned product less than 20% of the time. And for us, the rest of it is really just about storytelling around a community that has long been underserved, underrepresented. We kind of want to make sure that we pass the mic as much as possible, showcase stories or issues that perhaps kind of the quote unquote mainstream might not care about. So that's why we write about things like the xenophobia behind MSG as Mm -hmm. an ingredient or this really harmful trope that Asian food has to be cheap. These are things that literally Vanessa and I talk about in our spare time. And so it's really, really cool to be able to have a space where our community not only like welcomes that, but actually asks for more. So it's really about for us, like culture and storytelling first and foremost, before we are like, hey, use our starters. Yeah. Um, the post about like the cheapening of Asian food, I think that was something that really resonated with me, especially 
I think even within the community, that's a pervasive thought, right? So you're not only you're not only educating yeah. like non-Asians, but also people um, in the community as well. So I think it's, it's valuable to so many people. Yeah, thank you. Our Asian American community are like our ride or dies. <laughs> it's really, really cool. I think we looked at our analytics recently and it's like, I think 65% of our followers are Asian women. <laughs> or something really wow. wild like that. Um, but it, it's really cool. Like I think as a brand, what's perhaps unique about us is that we are first and foremost for Asian Americans. Like we do not try and dilute our voice. We do not center around whiteness. That's very, it's a very intentional choice of ours. And we got a lot of pushback to that from like, you know, mentors and, and well-meaning investors. They're kind of like, hey, like, do you think you're being exclusionary? And I kind of have like two answers to that. So <laughs> one, I think from a personal perspective, like speaking as Kim Pham, uh, not Kim Pham co-founder, but like, I think it's deeply important to me to be building a brand that reps this community mm -hmm. hard and shows kind of the multiplicities with, within Asian America. But then too, on a, on a brand level, like I think a lot of consumer brands try and come out the gate and be for everyone. And I think when you're for everyone, you yeah. end up being for no one. And so it's just really, I was like, okay, well, like I know who we serve first and foremost. That doesn't mean we're exclusionary. It's not like, hey, white people don't eat our <laughs> stuff. You know, I think it's like, hey, here's some resources. Perhaps you want to learn from us. Perhaps you just love our flavors. Perhaps you want to learn from our chefs. But like, if you ride with us and you see all of us, then like we're down to have you, you know, as part of this journey. Journey. It's never like this is only for Asian people, but I think we're really explicit about who we're first for. I think that has been a huge factor in why we've been able to cut through the noise. Yeah. Um, speaking of your activism, um, as you know, we're living through a pretty rough moment in history right now, seeing a lot of violence and discrimination towards the Asian American community. And we know that in UMSUM's DNA, it's really important to advocate for and uplift the Asian American Pacific Islander community. So first of all, how are you doing through this time? And also um, want to hear about how you're using your voice and the UMSUM platform to help fight racism. I think I'm, I'm good in the sense of like, if I weren't building UMSUM, I think I'd be yeah. Yeah. really tough. But I actively feel like I wake up every day and I'm like fighting through UMSUM in a lot of ways. Actually, I was asked this the other day. Someone was like, oh, how do you have resilience in your, you know, in your activism? I'm like, I don't know if it's really resilience. I kind of feel like I'm setting myself on fire for the world to watch me burn. But it's like, I'm proud to be doing that. It's a very confam <laughs> energy, but I'm really grateful that people are even watching and listening and sharing. So that's kind of how I'm feeling. But yeah, in terms of, I feel like rebellion is core to everything that we do. So there's no like, here's a list of initiatives. Right. It's not like, read this book, read this article. Yes. Yeah. For me, it's not like, hey, Instagram, here's the four things that Amsam is doing to fight racism. I'm like, we're fucking showing up every day, being our full selves, amplifying Asian chefs, compensating them equitably with an all BIPOC team with 95 plus percent of our creative dollars being spent on Asian creative. Like, everything we fucking do is kind of like mm -hmm. rebellion in many ways to the system that has existed to keep Asian Americans, you know, as a, as a wedge and a prop in white supremacy. Sorry. I, I'm like, we're not here. For it. Let's do it. So I kind of feel like that rebellious kind of energy is woven into everything that we do. So it's, it's really difficult for me to kind of like parse yeah, out yeah. specifically. We partnered with Disney to celebrate Raya and the Last Dragon, which was Disney's kind of first Southeast Asian yeah. princess, which is something we, we deeply care about. All of our content feels like it's actively trying to reframe a lot of the West's mm -hmm. narratives around Asian people and our food, the way that we operate as a business, like 
the way that we hire is, as I think, like pretty inclusive and we like actively seek diverse opinions on our team. Our team is entirely BIPOC and women. It's just a mode of operation as opposed to like, oh, we got to sit down and like yeah. fight racism. Yeah. You know, it's it's really kind of woven into everything we do. I have noticed like in your Instagram captions, even this passion and just the explanation that you, the time you take that goes into all these things. And yes, I am someone who reads the copy on social media, <laughs> but I can't wait now to continue seeing what you do and read it through your voice and hearing this from you has kind of invigorated me as well. I mean, the passion is just so oh, clear. It really is, Kim. Like I feel it from you and I sensed it in just joy scrolling through the feed, <laughs> but it's another thing to hear it directly from your mouth. And I want to say that I love the soapbox that you're on. I feel yeah. like, oh, I feel you. like soapbox gets such a negative, negative term, term yeah. but in this, it's so important, especially coming out of this last year in general, we need to stand up for things and feel strong and confident in our choices and what we're putting out there. And I think it's just, it's so very clear with what you and your sister are doing. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm, I'm glad that you could feel that. It's really like, you know, sometimes I get asked like, oh, yeah, like, you know, who can I hire to do what you do? <laughs> and I'm like, me. I don't know. Like, not to say I'm like super fucking special, but I, I just think that like the best brands for me are rooted in, from such a place of authenticity. Yeah. And it doesn't have to look and sound and be like proud and loud like Omsom. But I think when it's rooted from a place of realness and not like a copy and paste, here are best practices. I think consumers yeah. can kind of smell that, you know, mile away. I was going to bring something up that I felt like was a big what the fuck moment because <laughs> this past April, we saw that the website was featured in an Apple event. Can you tell me about what that felt? like because that is absolutely insane to me okay so this is gonna be so embarrassing we didn't <gasps> even know that we were so someone it. at apple is a big fan uh, wow yeah no literally one of my friends texted me he's like uh what was on some in the apple keynote and i was like uh we're in like a team meeting what are you talking about i mean just absolutely wild i mean it was just you know we're, we're on it for like a split second they're just kind of showcasing kind of cool websites that they like but it was i was like you know we're barely right, a year yeah. old we're literally like four people full time. I sometimes feel like we're the, um, do you know that like when it's like three little kids and, you know, stacked on top of each other's shoulders <laughs> yes, in yes. a trench coat? Like, I feel like that version of a business. People are always like, wow, like you're so legit. I'm like, you know, it's that's literally so like funny. four 20 something year old Asian kids like <laughs> in a room, right? Like that's what this is. Um, so it's just so, so wild, really cool. And I think to be recognized on that sort of scale, like globally right. for our kind of rowdy work is like a dream come true. <laughs> well, I feel like we've talked to a couple women who have started companies during the pandemic. And it's, it's again, it's that zero to one mentality. It's not a legacy brand or someone who's been around a while who's trying to change their ways or get in tune with reality in the yeah. world in 2020 and 2021. You really are building it from the ground up and you can really connect with people in a different way because it's you from the beginning. And I think that that's clear with what you're doing too. You brought up the idea of this little team that you have. Um, I can imagine given all of the successes that you've been seeing since Origin, you must be growing quickly, right? I'm just curious how you're kind of managing all of that and all of these new touch points and these new audiences and all of this new shit that you're having <laughs> to, to deal with as you continue to grow. Yeah, I don't think I'm like best practices. <laughs> don't do as I do, do as I say, right? 
I have Vanessa to thank for this. Like she's definitely kind of the brains behind the business. She's the one who I think brings this hyper intentionality to our team, to our culture, to our hiring process. I'm really, really thankful for her. But we're not like growing that fast. You know, I think we think a little differently. So I think, I mean, not to be reductive, but there's like a handful of ways that you can build yeah. a business like ours. I think on one side is like hyper intentionally, you know, with purpose, thinking every kind of step through and really optimizing for a long-term impact and value creation, right? And then I think on the other side of the spectrum is like grow at all costs, take venture money, get that mm -hmm. hockey stick, top line above all else energy. And I think we're much, much closer mm -hmm. to the former. And so that's why, like, I think, you know, we're bringing on board a director of ops next week. So that will be like our fifth wow. full-time person. Um, but we really don't have any plans to hire beyond that. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right way, but I think for us, it works right now because there is a world in which, you know, someone in our shoes could be like, all right, let's just take on, like, it's working, take on a ton of venture money, pump money into the machine, see how it goes. And I think when you're talking about culture and identity based on like kind of a racial identity, it's not one of those things that you can just like pump money yeah. into and go, you know, like, I think you have to be hyper, hyper careful how you interact or how you celebrate these communities. That's going to be our mode. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, talk to me in two years. I might have been like, oh shit, we should have hired 10 more people. You know, maybe we should do a, where are they now in two years? Yeah, Can we yeah. put it on the books? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you want our listeners to know anything upcoming about the brand that we should be excited about or that you want them to just take away from this? Yeah, I guess I can talk about exciting updates. So May is next month, which is APAM. And we have a couple pretty exciting launches. I would say the most important and most exciting launch is we are launching a product that we have actually built in collaboration with Pepper oh, Teigen, like Chrissy wow. Teigen's mom, which is going to be a ton of fun. Um, and actually what's really, really cool about this product is that it's going to be the first of its kind to proudly feature MSG as an ingredient. I think for so long, a lot of these products have kind of boasted no MSG and we really want to celebrate this ingredient. And again, mm -hmm. middle finger, right? To this really xenophobic origins of a lot of its hate closely tied to immigration patterns from East Asia. So we are really, really excited for this one, not only because Pepper's <laughs> queen, but also because this is a, it feels like something kind of historical. Yeah, yeah. And I think for us, it's really, again, another way that we can hopefully rewrite and reframe narratives. So yeah, I'm I'm so so excited for that. It drops in there. <laughs> and so yeah, just stay tuned on Omsom, which is our Instagram, and then uh omsom.com for our newsletter. Sammy, anything else you want to ask? Any last words? Um, I have a, a bit of a selfish question. I had to ask while I have your ear if you have any plans for an Indonesian starter since I am Indonesian. That is such a good question. It really honestly depends on the chef kind of tastemaker. So if you know any like kick-ass Indonesian chefs that would like to work with us, please, please send them my way. I will. I will find one for you. Sammy's <laughs> like, I will personally become a <laughs> chef. Become a chef. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. This was a blast. I'm like smiling from ear to ear. I'm so happy we could bring this episode to life, Kim. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Yeah, thank you so, so much for having me. This was so fun. I never get a chance to like really nerd <laughs> out like this on our social and our brand. So really appreciate the opportunity. Wow, it was so nice having a special guest. I know, I loved that. And Kim was obviously great too. She reminded me a lot of you, Jen. That's so flattering. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have the same... Um, Middle know, finger the same energy. energy. The same energy, right. 
I love it. So ever since we recorded this episode, actually, I've been getting Instagram ads or I've been seeing it on Instagram from Omsom that they launched free same day delivery, which is amazing. Yeah. So New York City, San Francisco, LA and Chicago. If anyone is listening in those areas and want to try Omsom, now you can get it literally today. (laughs) Oh, you can even have it for dinner tonight. Okay, moving into the account we want you to follow. So May is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. We'd love to encourage you to follow at FindMyWellBeing on Instagram. You might remember my well-being because we interviewed the founder, Alyssa Petersill, last season on All the Social Ladies. But they're also doing an amazing job on Instagram, sharing mental health tips and resources. So check it out. And if you haven't, listen to the episode from last season. Thanks and see you next week. All the social ladies, 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 all the